0: Welcome back to Tribe of Nerds. Josh, Gabe, JJ, and I are going to talk about Avengers Endgame, which is crazy that we're already here to the end of the Infinity Saga. Well, you know, this is still the conclusion, and then we got the epilogue next week but with Far From Home. But Endgame, so let's talk about everything with Endgame. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about everything that happened, but let's get into it what were your guys's impressions in you can we can talk about our theater experiences or on the rewatch i know three of us were in the same theater and josh saw it on in the same night as well so you know we can definitely talk about our experience on that night uh who's
1: gonna go first um gonna go first i'll go first yeah uh, well i remember just how many freaking cars there were. Yeah. Um, And like, I wasn't messing around for like neither infinity war or end game. I showed up like two hours earlier. I remember. (laughs) I just remember how many, like how many people were there and the people like, you know, of course they're running it all day and all night. Mm -hmm. Like the people that saw it before me that like walked out, like were all snickering and stuff. I'm like, Oh God. Like, how bad is this going to be? And, yeah, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about when, you know, when I'm talking about, like, the actual, like, watching experience. Like, the scenes that made people lose their shit, the scenes that made people upset, that kind of thing. I've just, like, I've never heard that many people just, like, yelling in a theater over a freaking movie
0: yeah it was crazy um i'll definitely share i mean i'm sure you know jj you and i have similar experiences i'm sure josh does as well but josh your uh your theater experience or impressions on the rewatch
2: oh i didn't know we were supposed to have actually watched the movie i'll be back in a couple hours but um my theater experience was uh pretty gray, actually Uh, My Infinity War theater experience was totally opposite. Everyone was cheering. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I went to go see Avengers Endgame, and the movie was amazing. The theater experience was the biggest letdown (sighs) I felt since I watched Phantom Menace. Like, I felt weird because I'm sitting there and, like, Spoiler happens, and then other spoiler happens, and then, whoa, that big spoiler happens. And, like, (laughs) nobody cheered. Like, there was, like, a couple quick, like, whoo. That was about it. I was like, now, hold on, guys. Are we, like, we're watching the biggest, like, culmination of a movie universe (laughs) since ever. And it it was just quiet. Like, God, the Vormir scene, I could hear the people... Standing in the background of the crew because that's how quiet it was in my theater.
0: Wow. Right?
2: You could just hear the directors be like, yeah, Scarlett, go over here. But, like, it was interesting because you'd think that I was excited. I was pumped, very happy. I showed up, like, uh, an hour and a half early to make sure we got good seats. And I don't know, man. It was just really sad. But, uh, yeah, the movie was. Genuinely amazing. It's, yeah, I've, it's like the best movie that I've seen in theaters.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll share mine in a minute. JJ, you can go with your impressions on the rewatch or your theater experience. So, to be honest, like, the whole
3: everybody yelling and cheering and stuff in the theater doesn't really do it for me. That's fair. Um, I, I know that's a lot of people's thing. For me, it's not. Um, but I did go and see Endgame twice in theaters on opening night because I saw it with you and Adrian, and then I uh, uh, went over to Celine immediately after ours finished and, and I got half, got to another premiere halfway through to join another friend group. Um, but, I mean, it, it was not like anything else I'd experienced at a theater because I'd never been in a movie where... Uh, that many people were there and that many people like were audibly reacting to a movie. So certainly something different.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I remember, um, this was the second year in a row where a big MCU movie landed on my birthday um, so Gabe and I had said after Infinity War, like, we were going to see an endgame together, and, you know, well, at that point, you know, right after, you know, we didn't know what the name was, but we assumed there was going to be another one, because they weren't just going to leave it off where Thanos won, um, but, um, yeah, so I remember, you know, going to it, it was, as three of us, um, Gabe, JJ, and I, and, you know, we had, like, five other people with us from ATO, um, which is crazy that, you know, our we had a pretty big group that went, and yeah, just the theater reactions, biggest reactions that I've ever heard in a theater. Um, I understand, JJ, with you, it not being your thing. I don't know. I, for me, it was just electric, and maybe just also it being my birthday at that point just felt extra special to me. Um, just, you know, people the couple scenes that we'll definitely talk about, I mean, that got the biggest reactions. And um, yeah, no, it's just, it's it was something special for sure. And I don't think something that will be replicated for a while and makes me miss the theater experience even more, especially with the pandemic. And so, all right, well, let's get into the cast. Um, so we have to talk about the man himself, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Uh, incredible performance in this movie, and the fact that they really... The guy that started this entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fact that they closed out his story so well, um, it's amazing. So I... Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic in this movie.
1: Yeah, what really cements, like, his performance, and, like... Just pretty much the whole cast is like the uh the credits at the end where it had yeah. your signatures, that was really good. But like uh for as for Robert Downey Jr. himself, like yeah, he was he was doing it for ten years and he just it was it was a great movie for Iron Man. So it was Infinity War, but this was a great movie for Iron Man because I mean you get like the nanotech suit, you yeah. get like just, like, more, you know, awesome scenes with that suit, um, you know, he's, he has cool line. he, he has, like, really good lines, you know, uh, pretty standard Iron Man's Tony Stark stuff, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, I haven't rewatched Endgame in a long time, but mm-hmm. it's just crazy to see, like, how much, like, Tony is willing to risk, and, like, how much he's banking on this time travel thing, you know. And for at first he's not like right, you know. He's not right. He doesn't want to. He's like, you know. He just got off a, a big stretch in a space without any food or water, you know. And people are gone, you know. And right, but you know, but you know, you get to the point where they all team up, but it's just. It's so nice to see his legacy in, like, uh, in, like, real time. You know what I mean? Like, on the film. Like, he really cemented himself as, like, something memorable in that movie.
0: Absolutely. Um, Josh, your thoughts on Iron Man in this movie?
2: Other than being, like, one of the coolest people ever in the MCU, Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning... I loved how broken he was, and he was Mm -hmm. truly, like, had horrible PTSD from getting his ass whooped and his stomach stabbed the hell through. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting to see him at the beginning, especially when he's yelling at um, Steve Rogers. Right. Because Steve is like, listen, we tried everything we can, and that's when Tony truly goes off. He's like, no, no, we didn't. Because you weren't there, I was there, we took the fight to him, and we tried, and you weren't, and like, it was powerful, Mm -hmm. and like, obviously, you can see that Steve, um, they eventually just, I guess, stopped talking, because Mm -hmm. they just went and found him again, and he just looked at him like, get out of my face, but, yeah, they fell off after that point. And after Tony recovered, he just kind of left, started a family, stayed with Pepper. And truly, his arc in this movie is beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. probably, well, not probably, it is the best character development that Iron Man got in any singular movie. Right. Just because kind of everything that we knew about Tony changed in this movie. Like, he was a snarky ass, and he really didn't care any- about anybody. And, like, over the movies, we saw him, like, care about his reputation if somebody were to ruin it. But in this movie, we truly see that, like, he cared about people, mm-hmm. and it breaks his heart to who was gone, And which eventually led him to make the ultimate sacrifice to save everyone he loved. But, yeah, his arc in this movie was truly beautiful, as well as his fantastic
3: suit.
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely. JJ, your thoughts on Iron Man?
3: Um, I mean, he's been my favorite Marvel character for a long time, so uh, his death really hit pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantastic performance by Robert Downey Jr. Um, I I think it was a good end to the character arc, Mm -hmm. and I like that. The directors were able to kill off one of the more important characters i get that like this is the end of a big long story arc so it's time to retire some characters but Marvel's not really known for killing off their characters no nope. so to have that happen um was a really powerful storytelling device there um i completely agree with josh the suit was really cool in this movie seeing the nanotech and everything um yeah i did, i i could not have asked for more from him
0: yeah and just you know the i am iron man scene like that being his last like words in real time just as he snaps was perfect i believe that was actually filmed like in on reshoots the i am iron man like they reshot that and he said that at that point um And, um, yeah, it was just awesome, the, the, his relationship with his daughter, the, you know, the little girl that plays his daughter in the movie is fantastic, um, uh, and, um, you know, I Love You 3000 is great, that, that entire little video message at the end is awesome, and, um, My favorite part is when he goes to talk to his dad in the 70s and uh, he, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from the movie is, uh, you know, my dad did drop the odd pearl and uh, no amount of money ever bought a second of time. And uh, that's one of my favorite lines in the MCU and just in general. So I, Iron Man is fantastic in this movie and it's crazy that, you know, to have that arc come full circle. So, um, yeah, then let's talk about Chris Evans as Captain America, Steve Rogers. I mean, I think we have to talk about the moment of him picking up Mjolnir. I mean, that's literally the biggest crowd reaction, one of the biggest crowd reactions, literally people shouting he's worthy in the crowd and just having him kick Thanos' ass before, you know, getting knocked down because it's still Thanos. Um, I mean, Steve Rogers in this movie also, the way his character arc wrapped up, to me, to me, it felt perfect, um, I know there could be some criticism there, but I feel like this is what we've known Steve has wanted to do since the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, so, yeah, your guys' thoughts? Yeah,
1: Yeah, whereas, uh, Tony, like, had to learn to, like, be more responsible, and, like, you know, I don't know, just, like, look out for more people, like, Steve had to kind of have this development where he finally would eventually figure out how to stop, you know, just like to quit the fight, like, you know, Mm -hmm. just to relax. And, you know, and he finally had that at the end of Endgame. And I thought it was a good ending, in my opinion. I liked it. And it was really touching. I think it was great. I think like. Wasn't it, wasn't, uh, the very last shot, like, him and Peggy? Yeah, it was him yeah, kissing it, Peggy
0: yeah, and having their totally dance. Checking.
1: Yeah, I think that was, like, a great spot to leave it at. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's, like, some really badass stuff from Captain America in this one. Like, the Mjolnir thing, like you mentioned, um, my, my audience went berserk when that happened. Yeah. I think Because, like, you know, everyone's just been waiting for that type of thing. And it was a huge fan service. And it it was just, like, it was nutty just seeing, like, the shield-hammer combo. Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things. If I ever get into, like, collecting things, like uh, Marvel stuff, like, I definitely want to get, like, a Mjolnir and then, like, a shield and just put them together. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a cap thing, but... No, I I seriously love, like, Captain America beginning to end in this movie. I think it's just, like, a really special thing they did with him.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on Captain America? Which one is Captain America again? (laughs) No,
2: but um, the first thing I wanted to talk about wasn't um, the best scene of all time, but Mm -hmm. it was the fact that he was... Giving an homage to Sam by kind of leading these talks on how to get past yeah. the snap, and he was kind of lead, like leading a therapy group like Sam was for veterans. And I thought that parallel was kind of nice because, like, Sam's was mainly for veterans, but Steve's was kind of like it's not just for veterans; like, everybody needs help now. Like, just about everybody lost someone, right. and. It's rough and the world was probably in mourning for a very long time and even at that point, I think when that therapy scenes scene started up, it had already been five years and I mean they're still grappling with this thing that happened and I thought it was truly amazing to put him in that role because instead of like on the front lines, you saw Steve going to help in another way as his friend did. And I thought that was a beautiful comparison. But now I'm going to jump to the best scene of all time and say, damn, I freaked. I like Internally, I just jumped out of my own body mm-hmm. did the Fortnite dance, every single one of them, and then jumped right back into my body because that was the best scene in that movie, hands down. I loved it. Like, damn, there's nothing better than just Cap." whooping that ass and thanos is just like excuse me like i beat the shit out of the hulk but this guy is whooping me like it was amazing and i loved it seeing that he was worthy watching him use the power of thor and like calling down the lightning to hit thanos was beautiful yeah and i going back to the trip to the 70s where he's kind of just, like, uh, standing there, seeing Peggy's office. Right, right,
0: that scene. yeah,
2: it was heartbreaking, because also, like, he had to trust Tony, because Tony's like, do you trust me? And Steve's kind of like, yeah, like, duh. So when they went back there, I kind I was like, you know, yeah, that's a lot. Like, Steve could have been like, hell no, I don't trust you, not going with your ass, but he was like, no, let's go, we have to and so like they went and got it heck yeah man they killed it but yes, yeah, steve was beautiful in this movie and as gabe mentioned my another one of his great scenes was just that end scene with uh been a long long time yeah in the background and him and peggy finally having the dance that they never got
3: to have
0: yeah it it felt perfect to me for sure jj your thoughts
3: uh, I gotta disagree, Josh. I don't think that was the best scene. I think uh, Thor's moment where he calls the lightning and uh, brings Ooh. Mjolnir and Stormbreaker together, that's my favorite scene. Um, uh, but yeah, Cap was done really well in this movie. Especially, I gotta give props to Chris Evans for his acting at the very end when he was old. Like, that voice was always, Oh, yeah. Um, th- that was really really good Um, and like him deciding to give the shields to Sam yes um, I I know there was confusion after the movie on that like I was reading like some people didn't understand why it didn't go to Bucky but to me it made a whole lot of sense and like really you could see that he and Bucky had discussed this before he didn't come back and also I mean Bucky's just he's tired like he doesn't want to be a soldier anymore Mm mm-hmm Giving it to Sam makes sense, but yeah, that like ending the movie with him and Peggy, that was a that was a good way to end the movie after five million freaking endings, but yes.
0: Right. And I think um yeah, the the thing is like we know from the first Captain America, Steve was picked. Um yeah, uh Bucky being a war criminal is another reason for sure. Um but uh why he wasn't picked but Sam was picked because Steve even tells him at the end there, he's like, you're a good man, Sam. Like, and that was why he, Steve was picked by Dr. Erskine in the first Avenger is he literally was a good man, not because he was a perfect soldier. And so for him to hand, and, um, you know, Josh, Gabe, and I've talked extensively at this point about Falcon and Winter Soldier and what happens with that. Uh, I won't spoil it too much for you, JJ, but, uh... It, yeah and what it means in that show going forward have uh handing the shield to sam uh is you know it's it's a cool moment um and uh chris evans so a story with that also is him showing up old um that was a mix of uh cgi and makeup and um and apparently his, Chris Evans' mom uh, saw that for the first time and, like, cried because he looked like his grandfather. Um, so that's a story there, and that's really, really awesome. So, um, yeah, and just, like, we'll get to the with the callbacks, but it's just funny the how Steve has progressed with some of the things that, um, like, some of the things that have been said in past movies as well. Um... Alright, um, then let's talk about Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, and I, like, obviously we're gonna get the Black Widow movie that's kind of going back between Civil War and Infinity War, but it's more like a passing of the mantle, and just, like, I know I didn't expect Black Widow to die, but, like, as soon as it was, like, her and Hawkeye and, like, you know, Vormir, um, and one of, you know, we knew from Infinity War that one of them was gonna have to get sacrificed, um, you know, it- that was a very very powerful moment um i like black widow in this one much more than infinity war so um yeah
1: yeah black widow was great in this one and like it's pretty sad to see her at the beginning just very alone Mm -hmm. they're obviously like all very lonely because like you know half the population just got dusted but like you know, even though she's obviously had, like, a rocky history, just kind of, like, you know, a shitty past, this is still affecting her deeply. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think she, like, is, like, really good at this movie. And it, every time I watch it, it just kind of, like, I'm, like, kind of taking aback how much she wants to, like, take the L for the team. Right. Like, she, and, you know, they literally have a fight. Like her and uh, Hawkeye over like who's right. going to do this, and you know, and we all know the outcome. But like, it's it's crazy. Like, just she was just like so ready. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really liked her in this movie a lot more than her Infinity War uh, time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's not like, you know, she was bad in that or anything, but uh, I just think there's a little more substance here.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. She got a lot more time. Josh, your thoughts on Black Widow?
2: Glad she's dead. No, no, no. But oh, my God. A, a good character in this movie, especially after the five years passes, and it's kind of like, you can tell she's very broken down.
4: Mm-hmm. And,
2: she's just there's a lot that's happened to her she's gone through so much and like that scene where she's crying while like eating a pb and j like number one that's a mood but two like it kind of just showed how broken she really was at that point and obviously hawkeye had a family he was like oh they're dead but black widow had enough faith to know that they were going to bring them back <laughs> So she made sure that he stayed alive so that when they did come back, he would be able to see them. And I was kind of rooting for her to die only for the fact of what I just said. I mean, she really didn't have anybody. And even in the Black Widow movie, it might show that, like, she has somebody. But, I mean, up until that point, she didn't have anybody that was really going to, I wouldn't say miss her, Mm -hmm. but... She didn't really have someone that she was fighting for. A lot of her friends died, but she wasn't really waiting for anyone to come back. And it just kind of sucked, the position that she was in. But, yeah, I thought it was really beautiful that she was the one to take that leap, literally. I mean, yep. Marvel was just like, what if we just killed all the women in the Avengers?
3: But it's a... (laughs) Jeez. Yeah,
2: I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was a beautiful scene. I loved how they brought back the music from the original Gomorrah scene. Yes. Because that makes me emotional as hell. So yeah, I was just as sad when I heard it the second time around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. JJ, your thoughts on Black Widow?
3: Um, this is my favorite Scarlett Johansson performance in the entire MCU that I've seen her so far.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I loved... The chemistry she had with other characters on the screen. In particular her and Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know they're good friends in real life, but like you could really see that kind of that relationship, that long relationship with lots of stuff that they've been through like in this here. Um, and I, really like I would have liked to have seen Maybe, like, even a little bit more mm-hmm. um, on the motivations of why she felt so responsible for everything. Like, I know everybody felt responsible, everybody did, but like, I, I don't know. Some felt like I, I get it, I do, but I, I feel like, from a storytelling standpoint, I still wanted more motivational um, lead up to her death. Um, but the fight between her and Hawkeye at the end is really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship is great. I love the line, "Like we're a long way from Budapest," and just the facial <laughs> expressions that they have sells that scene so much. Yeah, um, there's just there's a whole lot of good with this character. A whole lot of good.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, one of my favorite um scenes in the movie is right after nat dies after they come back and you have the other five main avengers the guys are sitting around and exhibiting the five stages of grief and you have you know tony's accepted her death steve's just depressed um hulk is angry he throws the bench you have hawkeye bargaining uh for you know, why couldn't it have been me, or it should have been me, and then you have, um, Thor being, like, denying that she actually died, and we can just go back and fix it, um, so just that that scene was beautiful as well, um, and I know we're going to get more with the Black Widow movie and talk about it on here when that comes out, um, but, you know, that's going to give a little more closure to, to ScarJo as Natasha Romanoff, and so, um, yeah, Um, and I guess as we go now, we have some, these characters, we can kind of talk about what we think will happen with their arcs, because these are, these next few, like, these next characters are obviously characters that we're going to see moving forward still for a little bit longer. Um, Chris Hemsworth is Thor. I mean, I know, so, I know, um, plus-size Thor, or, you know, Fat Thor, Bro Thor, like, however you want to call him. I know he's not everybody's favorite. I don't hate him, um... I obviously, I think Infinity War Thor was the best Thor we've gotten so far, but I don't think, I don't think Bro Thor is terrible, um, mm-hmm. I think it could have been done a little bit better, but just the scene with his mom, uh, that they paid off from Dark World, which, you know, the fact that they paid off a movie like Thor the Dark World is, and made it the good parts, the few good parts of that movie better in this is incredible, um, yeah just that conversation with his mom was awesome and him like reaching out and like trying for mjolnir and then getting it and then be like i'm still worthy and yeah it was and like jj said the scene of him uh getting dual wielding stormbreaker and mjolnir was awesome so i still like thor at parts i think the you know viking thor at the end is great so
1: yeah it's Liking Thor in this movie is a crime Then freaking lock me up, because, like, <laughs> I don't... It doesn't really bother me that he, like, is chubby for the first couple acts. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if that's why people are mad that he what, he didn't look jacked, but, like, he still, like, goes crazy at the end of the movie. Like, he, he still does, like, really cool stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, like, I can't really complain, because it's pretty meaningful to see him... Uh, have that redemption Uh, you know and I kind of have the same argument for Hulk like Hulk could have gone like you know absolutely bonkers in this movie Mm -hmm. but like I still think it's really meaningful there's just to give Bruce Banner that closure you know and pretty much every character has some sort of closure or like redemption or just like they managed to tie loose ends Mm -hmm. in this movie
0: yeah
1: and I, I just, I just like Thor's. Like he, you know, like you mentioned, he got to see his mom again. He, you know, he got his confidence back. He got his groove back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Thor, and you can tell he's, he's, he's really messed up by the events of this movie. And you know, I think he deserved that closure. Uh, also, some of my one of my favorite scenes is him just like. Lobbing off Thanos'
0: head. Oh yeah, and, and just being like super depressed. Me like I went for the head, and then you get that awesome music of him walking down the steps, and like before it hits the five ears. That is yeah, awesome that surprised scene. me. Yeah, um Josh, your thoughts on Thor?
2: Thor was the most interesting character because he finally, after so much has happened to him in all of these movies. He finally hit his breaking point. Mm-hmm. And I think in this movie, most we see just about every hero hit their breaking point. The ones that are still alive, that is. Right. Just about every hero hits a breaking point. Tony hits his breaking point and kind of gets PTSD and yells at Cap. Mm-hmm. Cap doesn't really have that moment, but he does have a moment where he realizes that like everything that he's doing is a lot bigger than himself. And to me, that moment is when he first goes into space with Rocket. Because Mm -hmm. he's like, so, who he has never been to space before. And then, like, it gives a glance into Steve's eyes. Oh, that's, yeah. I've never thought about that. I was like, wow, he's actually, like, never left this planet. Like, he's never been too far from the ground. And, like, it was really interesting. And I think that's the moment he realized, like, this is a lot bigger than anything I've done (laughs) And, yeah, Thor was broken. He had finally had enough. His, like, honestly, his mental health, his physical health, it just went to shit because he truly felt like he failed. And even when he finally cut Thanos' head off, it was too late. Mm -hmm. And even as he says later in the movie, they're like, you are not in shape to snap. And he goes, what do you think is coursing through my veins right now? I wanted to kill Thanos for years. Mm -hmm. Ever since I failed the first time, I've wished that I would have killed him ever since. And even his line when they first see Thanos again, he's like, let's kill him properly this time. Mm -hmm. It's like he's truly trying to redeem himself by making sure that these people come back and Thanos doesn't. And... He wanted to be the one to do it. They obviously didn't let him. But mm. yeah, he was. God, and he was so powerful in this movie, too. Like JJ mentioned, when it comes to like when he held out both of his hands and then the lightning hit him and the suit came on him and like adjusted to fit his body. And then like he was holding Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and his hair was braided and like his beard was braided. Oh my God! A Viking. Yeah, truly. Like, I was like, damn, like this is nice. I wouldn't be mad if, like, his his hair and beard stayed like that. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved short-haired Thor, but, like, damn, if it stayed braided, that's kind of a look. Or even if they, like, got rid of some of the beard and the hair stayed braided, I'm okay with that because that was awesome. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he was... Blinded by his hatred for Thanos, because even when he starts to fight Thanos, he's just like, "Yeah, I'm Thor. I can fight him." And like, he's forgetting that, like, Thanos. This is like Thanos early on, so he's not like he hasn't aged. He hasn't had too much experience, mm-hmm. or at least as much experience as he did when Thor first thought fought him. But yeah, it was really interesting to see that, like he was just trying to go for the kill every single time. And Thanos was kind of outsmarting him, like trying to look one to two moves ahead to find out what Thor was going to do and kind of knock him off of
3: his game. But yeah, Thor was done very well in this movie.
0: Yeah. JJ, your thoughts on Thor?
3: I think they did Thor really dirty. um, And what I mean by that is I I love this emotional side of Thor Mm -hmm. and they completely ruined it with comedy. Um, this is the epitome for me of bad Marvel comedy writing. Uh, Thor should have just been, like, we should have just gotten this depressed Thor who is reeling from all of this emotional trauma that's finally caught up to him after, uh, after Thanos. Because, like, right after his father died um, and, like, he had to deal with Asgard, he had no time before Thanos happened and then thanos happened and now it's like all of this stuff is all hitting him at once and it makes sense for him to let himself go and to just not care about anything and then like when he finally gets that hope back and like like josh said the line of what do you think is coursing through my veins right now that is so powerful of a redemption for him like to himself he's right. not worthy to anyone else this is him like he's got to prove something to himself at this point point. and like they ruin it by making him the butt of these jokes by making him seem like you said like bro thor and i i feel like that's a slap in the face to mental illness in general depicting it that way too mm. i love thor in this movie i hate the way they treated the character.
0: I see, um, yeah I see what you're saying because they do make jokes at his expense and it's just kind of like did was that really necessary to go that route because they could have just avoided that and yeah, I see what you're saying You did you have something else to say about Thor?
3: No, I think I pretty much covered it
0: Yeah, um, going forward with Thor, I mean we're getting Thor Love and Thunder, we just, you know, he he got, Valkyrie is now king or ruler of new asgard uh with Korg and meek <laughs> um and uh then um you know he's off with the guardians of the galaxy or the As Guardians of the galaxy um so we got a little more uh star lord versus thor <laughs> uh banter um which i you know that little bit of comedy at the end i actually enjoyed but that I don't know. I, I enjoyed it at least at the end there when it was needed at that point. Um, but um, yeah, I mean it. it's going to be interesting to see where Thor goes and it seems like he's, from the sounds of it, Thor's going to be jacked again. Like, super jacked for Thor Love and Thunder. So it's going to be really really interesting to see how that goes and how him with the Guardians happens. And obviously we're getting Natalie Portman back as Jane Foster. So, Yeah. Um, and then, um, we've got Mark Ruffalo as Hulk, Bruce Banner. Um, I, I like that they took the arc from the Incredible Hulk of at least the character arc of it, of him originally thinking that the Hulk was a disease that needed to be cured and then figuring out that he, the Hulk is the cure for him and kind of combining it. I do wish that they maybe would have showed that process of him spending like the, what it was like 18 months in the gamma lab, uh, combining himself. I think that would have been cool to see that process actually. Um, but the fact that they used like, okay, well I, this, you know, the radiation from the infinity stones is mostly gamma. So Hulk being the one to do, to snap everybody back makes sense. Um, as much as everybody would like, would have liked to see Hulk go full rage mode, on thanos uh for a rematch uh instead of professor hulk i think they played some of professor hulk uh well aside from the parts like with hulk dabbing i don't really know that we needed hulk to dab but
1: (laughs) yeah hulk was or professor hulk rather i i liked him in this movie and like like i said before i was okay with him not having to smash everything Mm -hmm. and i thought the sacrifice he made at the end by snapping everyone back that was like that was pretty important pretty meaningful i can imagine he like had some uh i don't know feelings of like redemption after he actually did something that was constructive Mm -hmm. rather than uh deconstructive or destructive um Yeah, I I think uh, he has some funny lines, too, in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, honestly, like, I would just chalk that up to, like, Disney slash Marvel Studios, like, feeling the need to make a lot of their characters just be, like, hee-hee funny time. Because, like, you know, like JJ said, like, Thor really should be a much more, like, they didn't really portray him, in an exactly realistic way at, mm-hmm. at, at one point. He, he did, like, kind of just, like... He was, like, melancholy for many parts of the movie, but, like, I don't know. Like, I think they just, like, insert that in there because they think it'll make it more enjoyable or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a fucking goofball, so, like, I <laughs> thought uh, Professor Hulk's lines were... You know, they gave me a chuckle, but yeah uh, for the for the most part, I really think it's it's really not a bad thing to have like Professor Hulk in this movie rather than you know Hulk going crazy one last time. yeah you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of fans, especially like Hulk fans were uh, anticipating some kind of like crazy world breaking Hulk and I get it, but you know it is what it is
0: for sure yeah i i can agree with that josh your thoughts on professor hulk
2: i agree why the hell did he have to dab <laughs> great of him to make the ultimate sacrifice um and i thought it was pretty funny when he
0: like ripped off his like shirt mm-hmm. I'm Like Ugh. it's gratuitous but I, whatever he, yeah he didn't really
2: know how to act like that mm-hmm. so he was just kind of like picked up a motorcycle through it, like, Ugh. and they're like, yeah, great acting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really think much of him.
0: Mm. Yeah. JJ, your thoughts on Professor Hulk? Okay, the dab was so memeable though. Yeah, I mean, it was that Hulk is very memeable in this movie. Um The lines with the time heist, thing, setting up the time heist were memeable for sure. And they're funny memes, but.
3: the Professor Hulk was a choice. Like I'm not upset that they did it, mm-hmm. um, but like I think Valkyrie said it best. I think I liked you <laughs> either of the other way is better. Um, I, I just didn't like Professor Hulk that much. But like that's a thing in the comics, and they went with it and cool, like new direction, whatever. Not not mad about it. But I I agree with Gabe. Like this seems like the wrong character to put the comedy into. Um, like, e- even Bruce Banner was never really a comedic character in his other movies. And then you got the scenes like the taco thing. And, like, that seems so out of place in this movie. That's, that's something that should only be in an Ant-Man movie, not in an Avengers movie. I don't know. I, yeah. Kind of a weird thing to do in this movie. Like, I'm, it's just a little perplexing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're getting more Mark Ruffalo and She-Hulk, so Banner will be back, um, or Professor Hulk. So it'll be interesting to see what the direction they go there, how, you know, um, Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner interact, how they do that. Um... And then we've got Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, uh, Clint Barton, or in this movie, his alternate persona of Ronan, or Ronan, um, not to be confused with Ronan, the accuser. Um, and so I actually liked what they did with Hawkeye, um, after him being absent in Infinity War. As soon as the opening scene happened and you had him with his family, they're, they're not, they I was like, they're going to do it to him. They're going to do him dirty and kill his family. Like, I feel like that was something that was heavily anticipated by everybody, um, that, that was gonna make Hawkeye go crazy, and, um, I think his, uh, Ronin or Ronin persona was really, really cool, uh, him doing the, you know, hunting down all, like, the, um, cartels in, like, Japan and whatnot, like, that was really, really cool, um, I, I, I liked Hawkeye, and I, I honestly liked, um, I, it's probably my favorite Hawkeye Jeremy Renner uh, performance um, so far, and I'm excited to see what he, him and Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop do in the Hawkeye series. So,
1: yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Ronan is like, or Hawkeye is really badass in this movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish we got more backstory about like this whole like Ronan thing because you see him like in the. Mm-hmm. scene where Black Widow goes to Japan to collect them. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, slicing dudes up with his katana. Like, how did we get here, dude? Like, I right. know. Like, I wasn't really expecting them to dedicate screen time to to like this little backstory or whatever for him because like it was gonna be three hours and I don't know if we have time to give everyone a backstory. Um, but like, it would have been nice to at least like see a little bit of that. But other than that yeah it's it's he kind of same deal for uh same deal as it was for black widow like th- he's just really dedicated to doing what he has to mm-hmm. even if he has to like die for it
2: so
0: right for sure josh your thoughts on hawkeye so,
2: so what i was awaiting from hawkeye in this is like the biggest thing I wanted a confrontation between him and the Avengers. Not like he's fighting them, Mm -hmm. but like he shows up and he like busts down the door. And they're like, Clint, what are you doing here? And he just starts freaking out. Like, what the hell happened? Like, how did you guys let him win? My family's dead. Like, I wanted him Mm -hmm. to kind of have a breakup with the Avengers because it would also it would have helped just that much more to explain why he switched to Ronan. Because why would he stay Hawkeye after these Avengers basically let his family die? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see more of like, oh, you know, I left the Avengers because they let my family die. And like, I don't know. It was just something I wanted to see. It might have worked out, might have not, whatever. But... Yeah, yeah. I was interested that they kind of just, like, threw it in. Because, I did, yeah, as Gabe said, I didn't expect too much backstory for it. Mm. But I expected, like, a little. And we got none. Right. Um, like, all we got was him with a sword. And then she's like, hey, want to, like, you know, help us finally win that fight with the purple guy? And he's just <laughs> like, I mean, sure, I guess. <laughs> just hops on the fucking plane and goes back to her. But, yeah. I was very interested that he did not have a lot of time before, like, the final fight. Because he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm here. My name's Hawkeye, Clint Barton. Uh, Nice to meet you, Ant-Man. You know, we met (laughs) when uh, we were with Cap. But, like, yeah, like, why the hell wasn't he involved more? Because this movie also reminded me that clint wasn't at the 2017 fight and i forgot about that Mm -hmm. so i was like oh shoot yeah like that's also why i wanted a scene where he just shows up like what the hell happened
0: right
2: he would have been like nobody called me they're like well you're retired he's like yeah i'm retired but you don't think i would have returned to fight the fucking guy who wanted to end half the universe like out of your mind
0: well he was under house arrest too
2: well, yeah, that's fair, but I mean, come on, dude. Right. Steve was on. Steve, Sam, and uh, Wanda, and Nat were on the run.
0: Right. Right. That's they true. They were
2: silly. You're, you're telling me that this group of fucking semi Avengers couldn't go to Clint's house and chop that bitch off? That is Wanda true. Wanda has like literal superpowers. <laughs> like Steve is a super soldier who could have just busted that open with his pinky finger. Wanda could have ripped that thing off and like sent it all the way to Serbia to send the government chasing after it. Like, Mm -hmm. anyway, I'm just saying like, I kind of expected like Clint to show distrust and anger at the Avengers. Like, why did you let this happen? You know, you let my family die. Like, not even me. He's like, it would have been better if I died, but you let my family die, my kids, my wife. And Yeah. I did love the moment where, kind of, when we realized that the snap actually worked, mm-hmm. is when he looks down at his phone and he sees that his wife is calling. Yeah. Which, I mean, kind of weird that you kept your wife's phone line up for five years, <laughs> but whatever. Like, you know, that's just a little. That's just a tiny thing. But yeah, that was. It was a nice kind of thing to tell us, like, hey, they're they're back. Right. Took them long enough to show up to the fight, but hey, they were back. So, you know, hey. Okay.
0: For sure. Uh, JJ?
3: Uh, yeah, I agree with all of you. Like, Ronan was badass, but much like Professor Hulk, this was the wrong movie to really introduce these new character concepts.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, now that we're on the last of the original Avengers, I think this is a good time to bring up that they intentionally gave us all six of the original Avengers um as characters that weren't dusted yes Um, and not only does that make sense for storytelling because we get the closure of their character arcs but it also makes sense because we've had the most time with them so we need the least character development out of them to make motivational things work in this movie Mm -hmm. but then they bring in these whole new sidebar concepts like ronin and professor hulk that just like and then give us no backstory on it it's very right. strange very strange um that being said i i love hawkeye in this movie um i i love the dark edgy tone that they give him mm-hmm. um and like that's how they should have done thor they did a really good job with hawkeye um yeah that's kind of all i got to say i mean jeremy renner's great he
0: yeah great is yeah, and I think um I will mention Kevin Feige did say for the Hawkeye series that they are going to go back and give more backstory to the Ronin persona. So we will actually get what we want in that series, I believe. Um hopefully, hopefully. I believe Kevin Feige, so I you know, I think he's probably telling the truth that that we'll see more of that um hopefully. Um all right. So then we got a couple of these other, you know, other members of the team karen gillen as nebula nebula gets the most development she's ever gotten in the mcu in this movie um and really the it's really interesting to see her interact with her past self and see how far she's come from just being you know loyal to ronan the accuser and to thanos and just like you know um to where she is now um where you know all the anger from the past has you know made her want to take out thanos um and, yeah, no, I just really, really like Nebula. Um, even the interactions with Tony Stark at the beginning where they're playing paper football. I mean, that I think that was fun. Um, so, yeah, I like Nebula in this movie a lot, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't seen Endgame in a hot second, mm-hmm. but what I remember from Nebula is, like, uh, kind of like what you said. It's just, like, it's very interesting to see her stacked against her past self. Because it's just like... Yeah, she's come a long way. It's like a trip down memory lane seeing Like, the old Nebula be like, what? Screw you. Thanos would never, you know, hurt me or whatever. Like,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he's the best. And, you know, you get to the events of Endgame and uh, she's completely, you know, flipped. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's like, it was, it was really... Really neat. Um, I think she's gonna be in like, uh, isn't she gonna be in the next Guardians movie? Yeah, I
0: believe she's also confirmed for Thor: Love and Thunder, and then Guardians okay. Three. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Cool. So you know we have that, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think they could definitely build off her. But yeah, it was it was cool to see her, and just cool to see her be on the good guys team for once.
0: For sure. Josh, your thoughts on Nebula?
2: Bro, robot head-ass lady. But uh, my favorite scene with Nebula in this movie is uh, actually at the beginning mm-hmm. when they go to Thanos and, well, I can't remember who says it, but they're like, I think it's Rhodey. He's like, he has to be lying. There's yeah. no way. And Nebula was like, listen, my dad's a lot of things, but he's not a liar. Right. And like that kind of hit because we realized, like, you know, she's right. Everything that he said, like, as it's misguided and it's very messed up, mm-hmm. it's like true. He's told the truth. He was never like lying to people. He was straight up, he's like, I'm going to kill half of the people in this universe. So, like, no, we're going to stop you. He's like, you will try. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they lost, just like he said. So, like, soon as she said that, I realized, like, oh, this is about to be a weird movie, isn't it? And then, like, five seconds later, somebody chopped her fucking dad's head off, Mm -hmm. which she responded to in a very odd way because the blood, like, splattered onto her face, Mm -hmm. and she just, like, kind of stood there and closed her eyes, and it kind of made me think of the scene in Infinity War Mm -hmm. where Nebula and Gamora have a very let's say, selective relationship right. with Thanos, and it's very bipolar. Mm-hmm. Like, they both wanted him dead more than anything, but when they, like, when he died, they both reacted in a very odd way. Like, right. in Infinity War, when Gamora thought she killed Thanos, right, and she started, like, weeping on the ground... It was weird, because she wanted him dead for so long, and she wanted to stop him. Mm -hmm. But when she finally thought that she did it, she was kind of, like, grieving afterward. Like, she felt bad that she was forced to come to this. Mm -hmm. And Nebula was kind of the same. She was kind of like, you know, thank God it's over, but, you know, he was still my father, no matter how messed up he was. And I thought that was interesting because it's kind of a thing we saw in both sisters and yeah i liked how it was consistent
4: mm-hmm.
2: and she wasn't really a fighter in this movie like we didn't see her fight a lot it was mostly her working with the avengers granted we didn't see many of the avengers fight a lot mm-hmm. but like when she teams up with Rody to go back and like knock out star lord he's like so he's an idiot Mm-hmm. nebula's like yeah he's the fucking dumb like he's the dumbest guy i've ever met and it's she's kind of wholesome in parts of this movie too i mean funny but it's not even because like oh ha 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 she's so funny it's kind of like dark humor mm-hmm. where she's like yeah i don't know why you, I, I don't know why you didn't fuck the tree and then i was like what like she didn't say it as a joke she said it, like, truthfully. Like, yeah, I would have bombed the tree. And, like, it was just kind of funny because we're like, what the fuck? Like, but, yeah, it's Nebula is always kind of one of those characters where you kind of get one of everything. And she's a healthy mix. I like her. I think Karen, I think it's Gillen or Gillian, plays her very, yeah. very well. And... Yeah, she's very kind of just monotone, even when she wins the game, as Baruchy mentioned, against, um, or it might have been uh, Gabe, sorry. Um, When she wins the game of, like, paper football against Tony, Mm -hmm. she doesn't really believe him at first, because he's like, you won. And she's like, what? Because she had never really won before. Right. So it kind of felt good to her, but she couldn't really convey it, because she's been emotionless for so long. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. JJ, your thoughts on Nebula? Um,
3: I, I mean, I really like Nebula as a character. I mm-hmm. do. Uh, she's complex and morally ambiguous and a little bit of a darker tone, especially for the Guardians. Yeah. Um, and I think that the way they used her and Rocket in this movie, kind of like to interact with the other characters in these. Unconventional ways for those characters were really cool. Um, like it, it's it's little moments, like when her and Rhodey were talking about like we work with what we got. That was really touching, and it was a small moment of two characters I never would have expected to connect in any type of emotionally deep way. Yeah. Um, but the way that they just bring kind of the the scope of the universe to the Avengers um, is is neat. Um, and yeah, the relationship that she has with Thanos and the relationship that Gamora has with Thanos, they very much are complicated, but I think it makes sense. I mean, like he's an abusive parental figure and that's going to be a weird fucking relationship to have to navigate. Right. Uh, So yeah, I I like Nebula. I like Karen Gillan.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where her character is going to go in Thor: Love and Thunder and Guardians Three. We'll have to see. But all right, Paul Rudd is Ant Man, um, enjoyable, and also I just love the scene with him and his daughter. Um, that like it's such a small scene, no pun intended. Um, such a <laughs> such a it, it's such a small scene, but it's so impactful. Just like. Paul Rudd's acting with that reaction to just seeing his daughter now five years older and just like, you've got you've gotten so big and, you know, just, um, I, I, and just Paul Rudd is just enjoyable as always as Ant-Man. And so I really like him in this movie and I, I think Ant-Man's comedy just, I think he's one of those characters where the comedy really works for him, so... Yeah, I agree.
1: He's sort of funny man, so I just give him a pass for that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he. <sighs> it's really interesting to see, like, how confused he is when he comes out of the quantum realm. Right. Like, like, he's like, damn, like, everything changed. And it felt like, what, four hours to him or something? Yeah, four or five so, hours, yeah. Yeah, imagine just, like, that. Like, coming back to that. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah he i i think like the whole like time travel thing he introduces is like really neat and i like that they use sort of like his um you know that's like within that ant Ant man realm of stuff you know and technology so i like how they just kind of used that to get around the whole time travel situation uh i like how huge he gets at the end of battle too
0: Oh, yeah, Giant Man coming back was awesome. Um, Josh, your thoughts on Ant-Man?
2: Does anyone have any orange slices? <laughs> but as soon as the, what, I think it was, like, a rat stepped yeah. on the button and brought him back, I was like, oh, like, he, he's it for a rude awakening. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, been gone for five years and he doesn't even know it. And, like, he sees that, like, he can tell something's up as soon as he, like busts out of the van and he's in some like warehouse he's Mm -hmm. like what the hell like janet and them were like we were on a parking garage like what the hell happened right and then like it was also wild because he sees the memorial for all the people that died Mm -hmm. and he's like didn't he find his own name
0: yes he finds his own name because he's looking for cassie's
2: okay yeah, he found his own name. And then he went and found Cassie. And Cassie, like, lost her shit because she thought her dad was dead for so right. long. Here he was. And he looks the same as he did five years ago. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I his he's always the funniest one. And especially like the scene where he just keeps getting pushed and pulled right back in different times. Yes. Beck is the baby. The old man. He's like one of me peed myself. I don't know if it was the young me, or the old me, or just me. So like, good. It was so damn funny. Paul Rudd is always a win, and especially I love his face when Cap is speaking to everybody through the ear uh, pieces, and um, Wasp
0: says, "We're on it, Cap." Yep. Because call back. His face is filled with like
2: your joy. Because she was like Cap, what? I, you, oh, you're friends with Cap, and he was just like, "Yeah, like we're friends." Like I helped him like fight Iron Man. Well, that's that's cool. And yeah. like to see that like she came around to his way of thinking, beautiful. And also the scene at the end where it's kind of like the celebration of yay, everyone's back. Yeah. And you get to see him and Wasp sitting with Cassie, and it's a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. and yeah I just oh man Ant-Man was so good in that movie
0: for sure JJ your thoughts on Ant-Man
3: uh yeah I love Paul Rudd um sorry one second you're good Paul Rudd is fantastic um he is an amazing actor and he as Ant-Man is like my favorite marvel character like mm. marvel actor as a character because he just nails the comedy every single time for sure um but that's all i got to say
0: yeah we talked about him nailing the comedy last week with ant-man and the wasp so uh, it's great to see it get nailed here again um yeah that that callback like josh mentioned with the wasp and like like that's that's great um Alright, then we got a, 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 probably two, mo- two more heroes uh, three more heroes, but I don't know how much, I don't think they'll take too long but uh, Bradley Cooper is Rocket um, I love that Rocket has gone from at the beginning to this, you know, an asshole, a jerk, and now he's, he's a character who feels so much compassion for what he's lost and we heard in the last movie him talking to Thor of like, you know, I have so much I could lose, um, and then he loses all of that all of his family that has accepted him despite his many many flaws and uh yeah rocket's great in this movie there's some great comedy little comedy bits that um like when they're putting the stones in and you just he just like tries to scare them by going boom um that that was fun um and i uh interesting callback i'll just say it now i love that he has he took uh, star lord's scarf from the previous guardians movies and he's wearing Quill's scarf in the movie as like to remember quill by and it's so it's such an awesome little thing that if you didn't notice that you know there you go but i rocket's awesome so in this movie
1: yeah i agree he has like a nice little development for his character Mm -hmm. and you know per usual he's a funny guy and, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about him, but, like, he's he's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, Josh, anything on Rocket?
2: I'm not going to lie. Until this very second, I thought he was a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> but he's very funny again. I love his new outfit. His relationship with the other Avengers is stellar. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was kind of hoping that, like, I know that the Guardians can, like, fly back whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I was really hoping they'd spend a little bit more time with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. But, like, I totally understand why they didn't. So I'm not mad about that. I just love his relationship with... Especially, like, he had a great relationship with Tony. Mm-hmm. And with so he kind of bonded with everybody. And especially with... Uh, Captain Marvel, I, yeah, he got a new haircut. It <laughs> was like, God, he was, he's very good, especially when he's like, oh, he looked like melted ice cream. <laughs> like it's, It's, gosh, obviously Bradley Cooper is a comedic genius, and he's mm-hmm. amazing as Rocket Raccoon. But yeah, even seeing Rocket, I thought this was interesting, how in Infinity War, he kind of got like severely depressed after Groot died right this time he was so scared to lose Groot again that when it started raining fire he kind of ran and tackled Groot and stood over him
0: that was awesome like
2: wouldn't have done much but it's kind of like a heroic symbol of hey I'm trying to protect you and it was very wholesome you could tell that like even though he comes off as like a douche who doesn't care a lot Mm -hmm. he very much he cares a lot for Mm -hmm. the people around him and yeah it kind of broke my heart but yeah he's adorable
0: for sure um i think jj had to go uh somewhere real quick um so i'll just keep going um so then you know we get brie larson as captain marvel for a short time apparently she filmed the scenes in endgame before they even started with her solo movie which is interesting um I think the Russos honestly did the best they could with Captain Marvel in this movie. It's hard, especially with an overpowered a character with that power set. Um and I think they used her to the best of their ability without having having her overshadow like Tony and like I and Captain America and stuff. So I think they I think having her only there for five minutes, they didn't know what to do with her because, you know, they still didn't know what was going on with the solo with her solo movie that was happening right before, but I think they did a great job still connecting it to that, you know, when they got to it, you know, making the connections to what happened in Captain Marvel. Um, and, uh, you know, I little moments, it, it's, um, I you know, I'm interested to see her character actually grow in Captain Marvel 2 and in the MCU going forward, but um, she just didn't get enough time in this movie, and it's understandable why it's just, you know
1: yeah i uh you know if you're talking about captain marvel you can only talk about her appearance like in the last part right um yeah i think they did they did a good job of just like balancing it out making sure she doesn't like wipe the entire battle but also like she played a pretty strong part so
0: yeah she she did things um that were important um, Josh, your thoughts on Captain Marvel?
2: I mean, when she showed up at the end, mm-hmm. dear Lord, it was amazing. It looked awesome. Her just flying in, and Rocket's like, yeah! Because as soon as Tony was like, Friday, what are they aiming at? Mm-hmm. Things just entered the upper atmosphere. And then you see Carol flying in. Mm-hmm. I was honestly like, relieved. I was like, oh, thank God she's here.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: cause There are people who hate Captain Marvel for no reason, and I am not one of them. I think she is cool. Maybe her movie wasn't the best movie ever, but it was still a good one. And mm-hmm. I think she's a pretty fun character. And they're like, oh, well, she's so monotone. So so is Nebula, and she's still great. Yeah, Like, Carol is just that kind of character. I personally think she's cool. Like, her dialogue seems kind of weird at times but I also think especially in this movie it's just because they didn't really know how to write for her because she hadn't even had a movie out yet. Right. And it was very interesting especially when she just flew right through that ship and tore it to pieces. Th- like Thanos looking up like oh my god man like <laughs> do you know how much money I'm going to have to pay off on that thing? Like that wasn't even fully paid off yet and like yeah it's oh my gosh she tore it to shreds and especially the coolest scene with her is the funniest is when rocket's like oh but you had time to get a haircut but Mm -hmm. the coolest is when thanos goes to like headbutt her and she doesn't move and she doesn't even move i was like holy shit And even when Thanos had to, like, pull out one of the Infinity Stones, I think it was the Power Stone, like, pull it out of the gauntlet to punch her with it, like, come on, that's power right there. Like, if you have to use an Infinity Stone just to punch somebody, come on, man. She was awesome, especially in the final parts of it. She was the coolest. And even her showing up at Tony's funeral, Mm -hmm. like, it's still... It was nice, because also it was kind of nice to have the whole gang there. But it was kind of like, you know, she didn't know him for too long, but also she is the one who saved him. So it would make sense that after that they might have bonded a bit, because like, hey, he's she saved my life. But yeah, she was, oh my God, I loved her in this movie personally.
0: Yeah, J.J., you didn't get to talk on Rocket, so I'll let you say your piece on Rocket and Captain Marvel here.
3: Uh again like what i was talking about with nebula rocket just kind of seems like a vessel to deliver the wider world mm-hmm. um it was neat to see again these unconventional pairings rocket and thor mm-hmm. um and i think they did that on purpose to lead more into the guardians of the galaxy with thor which to be honest i'm not like a super big fan of but that's we'll fair see how that plays out
0: as guardians um, of the galaxy <laughs> yeah
3: i i just i really don't need more of um Thor and Quill like fighting with one another. That just isn't interesting to me because the pissing matches have been done to death at this point with mm-hmm. all the characters meeting. Um, that being said, Captain Marvel, Marvel in this movie for me is just kind of a meh character. Like, it, yeah, she's super powerful. Yeah, she does some really cool stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But she uh, she's in there a little bit at the beginning and then she comes in last minute and it's like, I feel like I didn't feel like we needed a whole movie dedicated to her just to explain the little bit that she was in this movie mm-hmm. also like I feel like they really intentionally shelved their a uh, godlike character in this movie because Captain mm-hmm. Marvel easily could have taken Thanos without the infinity like him without the Infinity Stones he would not have been a match for her mm-hmm. and so they like had her off world account for that. So, I don't know. Like, characters of that power level, it's hard to have them... It's hard even at, like, a smaller level. Like, things that the Avengers could easily take care of, but don't, because they're not, quote, Avengers-level threats. Mm -hmm. Like, that whole concept gets really messy, in my opinion, because, like, these things that need to be stopped don't get stopped by the people who could easily stop them. Eh. I don't know
0: right i like i said i think the russos did the best they could with the character considering the circumstances um and the fact that they needed to dedicate that time to steve and tony um more so so um and we'll see what happens with carol danver's character and captain marvel too so um all right and then we got don cheadle as Rhodey. i mean you know they did they do have him joke at like thor's expense which isn't the best, um, I do like his relationship with, like, Nebula, though, and, and, you know, you have him with Tony trying to calm Tony down in the beginning when he gets angry at Steve, and, um, and I, I do like the line of, like, uh, uh, when War Machine lands and Ant-Man drops the taco, he's like, hey, what's up, regular size man? Like, I think that's good, just, you know, the one joke that probably didn't land is just him kind of making jokes at Thor's expense, um, but, um, Otherwise, Rhodey's fine. Um, I'm anxious to see him actually as a character evolve more with the Armor Wars series, because that's confirmed to be about Rhodey, so.
1: Yeah, I can, uh, out of the few things I remember, there's his armor. I remember really digging his armor, especially, like, the beefy one at the last
0: fight. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the iron patriot armor from iron man 3 right he just
1: yeah and overall he just seems to be like a good voice to have for the other characters i can see how they can value him um yeah i'd I'd be very happy to see him again in the future
0: for sure josh anything on roadie
1: you looking for this
0: <laughs> all right jj anything
3: i mean there were some touching moments especially at the end like him and tony oh yeah um, i just i don't know like they had the main six avengers and they had nebula and rocket which really made sense because they needed someone to do that universal tie-in but like war machine here like uh, what's his place in all of this right it, it, it's uh, he's a hard character to fit into this storyline um but he didn't do like don Cheadle didn't do a bad job with that. right and overall like his character they didn't do a bad job with the character uh he's just kind of a side character
0: right it'll be interesting to see him get more time all right i i think with josh brolin as thanos let's just save that for our rankings at the end for endgame thanos i think we can have the discussion there um Let's talk about the time travel mechanics. I know, you know, time travel is just a hard thing to get right in anything. I don't think any movie has ever actually... Because we don't know what time travel would actually be like. Um, I appreciate the Endgame did its own way of time travel. Um, I, you know, it might be a little messy. The thing... I don't know if it was fully explained, at least with Captain America coming back, uh, Steve coming back as an old man. Um, that's kind of something that might need a little more explaining, but otherwise, like, I got the gist of what was, you know, the rules of their time travel and creating alternate time li- branching timelines, and we're going to see that with more with the Loki series. So, at the very least, the continuity with it is going to continue further into Phase 4 of the MCU, and so I'm interested to see that um and how this has bigger ramifications moving forward yeah
1: um i i told myself i wouldn't like uh go on for very long for the time stuff because like it's just something i don't really worry about because like time like time travel stuff like i mean time is weird right like Mm -hmm. for all we know like everything that has happened is happening and will happen could be happening at like the same time like it's just like a really strange thing and like i thought they did an okay job explaining it for me like the ending like i'm like okay well you know i can deal with it because like it would make sense that like once they put those motions into action uh that just like I don't know something strange happened within the universe and like everything that like they changed just like had always happened I guess like which is why you have old Steve I don't like I I was kind of scratching my head a few months after I saw an end game it can be confusing and all that but uh you know they give at least they gave it a solid try mm-hmm. on you know as far as like explaining it
0: so. yeah for sure uh, Josh, your thoughts on the time travel mechanics?
2: Bro, let's go back to the future.
0: <laughs> back to the um, future is a bunch of bullshit.
2: I love the talk they had. <laughs> I love the talk they were having where it was <laughs> like, oh, like this movie? Like this movie? And then he says the movies like, no, that one doesn't have time. To Die Hard, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's like, Die Hard? that one doesn't have time travel, <laughs> but I loved that because they were still like trying to figure out how it worked. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I didn't always understand it at times. I thought it was a little weird. And I think that there would still be like alternate timelines created by number one, Steve staying back in time. Number two, Thanos being missing from the past as long with all the right. gang. So like, I think alternate timelines were formed no matter what. Obviously, we know one was formed where Loki left with the cube. Yep. So, like, yeah, it's interesting, but I guess it worked enough for the movie, so...
0: Yeah, and we'll see. We'll definitely be talking about it more. Uh, At least, Gabe, Josh, and I will be talking about it when we get to the Loki series this summer with our recaps there. But, JJ, your thoughts on the time travel? I know you had stuff to say about it.
3: Yeah, I mean incorporating time travel in any universe gets a little messy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the X-Men. Yep. <laughs> um, but like, it's got the potential to be okay. Um, this is a weird example to compare to the MCU, but like some shows do it really well. Like mm-hmm. for example, Rick and Morty, it's just normalized that there are all these versions of Rick and Morty just in the universe. And that's just a part of the mechanics of that world. Mm-hmm. And like, now that this has been introduced, it's a weird thing. But once it's normalized and it's a regular, recurring thing, it'll just be like, oh, that's something they have to deal with. It's just all this new stuff constantly gets thrown at them all the time, and they have to adapt and adjust so friggin' quickly. Um, but yeah, I, they explained it, like, I like uh, Professor Hulk's explanation. Uh, of it like basically your own individual timeline is linear you cannot change your future by going to the past because like wherever you are in time that's your current present that's part of your specific timeline and that makes sense to me Um, but like that's weird with the creating branch realities and branch timelines and everything like the whole thing is this weird massive like How does this work? How does this work? I feel like I need a whole class of just, how does time travel work in the MCU?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm hoping Loki explains it a little bit better, and I'm sure it will, because it's going to be dealing with time travel, specifically in ramifications. Um, And we're obviously getting Kang the Conqueror as well in Ant-Man 3, so and he's like the time lord, um, it seems like.
3: It, It also begs the question, too, like, how are all these other timelines going to be different now? Like, well, we're going to get the Marvel what if show and that's a place where they'll cover it. But like yeah. now they've introduced these alternate universes. Now I want to know about it. So like it did really open the door for a lot of content too, which is good for Disney. I mean, house of mouse is going to reel in the money.
0: Yeah. Um, for sure. I, um, yeah, I think we've said our piece on the time travel for sure. Um, all right, then let's just talk about the portal scene and then I'll get into all our Easter eggs. Um, watching it this time, as soon as you hear Sam say on your left and then the portal opens and just seeing it's so um, surreal now. Um, I teared up last night. As soon as Chadwick Boseman steps out as T'Challa and you're just getting, you know, uh, T'Challa just gives that head nod to Steve and is just like, yeah, we're here now. And that's all thats all that he needed to do is just give that nod and be like, we're here for you. Um just a very powerful, um, scene, and just everybody coming back, I remember the reactions, and then, you know, Spider-Man comes back in, and everybody's like, it's a kid, it's Spider-Man, and, you know, it just, it's so powerful, and it's such a cool thing they did with the visual effects, and this entire sequence, and the Avengers theme blaring in the background, like, the score for Portals is incredible, so I... I really enjoyed this sequence. The entire final battle is great. Um, We can kind of talk about some of the interactions. Um, Like JJ said, with shelving Captain Marvel a bit, they also shelved Doctor Strange quite a bit (laughs) with the Flood. Um, Because we know that if Doctor Strange faced off with Thanos without the stones, Thanos would be dead. So... um, Strange was destroying him at that point. Um, So... Portals was beautiful. Um, So, yeah, your guys' thoughts on the portal sequence.
1: Yeah, I guess there's not much else you can do to, like, make sure the really powerful characters don't, like, steal the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, I think it's everything I could have asked for, pretty much. The score was, like, so good. Mm -hmm. It was just really pretty to see all those, like, circles opening up, and of course, just, like, it's really touching to see all those characters back. And of course, like, seeing Chadwick Boseman is all the more powerful now. But Mm -hmm. at that time, it was still, like, really awesome. And I'm glad he was, like, one of the first people to step out. Yeah. Um, Like, we kind of knew Infinity War couldn't have, like, ended that way. Like, we knew there was going to be some way we were going to get these characters back, but it still felt very, uh, uh, rewarding.
0: So, For sure.
1: And it, Jesus Christ, those are, it's just some of the best scenes like in the entire universe, just like in that little section of the movie, like the final act, you know, mm-hmm. of those crazy scenes we
2: talked about.
0: For sure. And I'll mention a lot of the callbacks when, uh, in the next section, but Josh, your thoughts on the portal sequence.
2: I mean, the portal sequence is something that you can go back and watch and you still feel the same excitement that you felt on the day Mm -hmm. because it just, you remember it and your Mm -hmm. body is just like, oh yeah, release the endorphins. like, we were happy when we saw this last time. So like, it's one of those amazing things that keeps its, like, it's timeless and i hell i still go back and watch it
4: mm-hmm.
2: and it makes me feel the same way especially like when watching the scene where cat picks up mule here it's the same thing yeah it's uh, as soon as they came back we were so excited and it's like the biggest one for me was seeing strange come back and mm-hmm. spider-man come back like those are my boys so, like, I was excited as hell when they came back. I was like, oh, my God, it's Dr. Strange. It's Peter Parker.
4: Oh, my God.
2: But, yeah, it's, gosh, that scene is just so timeless. The music by Alan Silvestri is beautiful. Absolutely. And it truly just, oh, that scene makes the movie's fan service hit an all-time high for movie fan servicing in Mm -hmm. one sit it just everything that the audience waited for it all cultivated at that moment in time and that's when everybody knew they're about to win this fight
4: Mm -hmm. and
2: that's truly when like all of our hope came like soaring back but heck yeah man it's (laughs) art pure
3: art
0: yeah jj your thoughts on the portal sequence
3: the portal sequence itself was phenomenal. Um, I I like that it started off slow, uh, like with the on your left. That was a nice little touching moment, mm-hmm. and the portal sequence really gave us a lot of um, opportunity for character reconnections, even in the midst of battle. Yeah, um, which is which is cool. It's a uh, really nice and touching way to incorporate that stuff. Um, you kind of talked about the battle a little bit, so I'm going to get into that a little bit here. Too. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, th- them them shelving Doctor Strange in that way really rubbed me the wrong way. Cause <laughs> Doctor Strange is insanely powerful. Yeah. Um, so is so is Wanda. Right. Like, um, I, I really props to them for the way they pulled off this fight scene because they had so many characters to juggle but at the same time like all of these dynamic power levels i didn't feel like i got enough of some of my characters yeah one thing i will say though is that a fight scene of this magnitude forced them to fix their uh, their really shitty camera work Four fight scenes that they normally do uh, because they couldn't do a whole bunch of cuts for like one individual's fight. All of their cuts during the fight scene were to shift from one person to a completely different person because they had so many. So like th- that's not something I've commented on before, but like that bugs me. Like they're really bad about the million cuts that they do in one fight scene uh, typically. But yeah, I there's a lot there. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of good, but also some stuff that I just needed more of. Yeah. Um, like for a three hour long movie, your final fight scene could have been longer. Honestly, it could have taken up more of the movie. I wouldn't have been upset. Uh, one other thing I want to comment on is the in your face, here are the women heroes. Um, like, representation is great, and uh, showing that representation is great. But this was done in a very cheeky way, in my opinion. Like it, it just—it fell flat. It wasn't the message Marvel meant to send. Uh, like they've got a lot of really strong female characters that are really super awesome. To put them all on screen in a way that felt unnatural and didn't make sense, just didn't pull it off right, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, my thought on it is that I think. Marvel was thinking, okay, we've had 11 years of build-up. We've had all these female heroes join. We we can, you know, put this in there. And, I I mean, the whole Endgame is all about fan service for the most part. So, I think they're just thinking, you know, we can appeal to everyone. And I think the women's scene is more also for, you know, little girls that kind of watch that and be like, you know, see themselves. And I think that's kind of what they were trying to go for. I understand it doesn't come off that way to, you know, some some of us um, I just think they were trying to connect to as many different demographics as they could different people and you know I, I understand that for some people it didn't work I wasn't bothered by it I think that uh, I think that captain Marvel definitely could have flown through she flies through half the army by herself so that maybe was my only thing with it is that she didn't need the help but I don't hate the scene i guess i thought for the fact that the whole movie is fan service and to connect with with younger uh girls was i think that they i think for that they needed to go there but all right um all right so let's go to the stanley cameo the last one we get the nup said license plate and then you get stanley saying uh hey man uh make love not war and um, I believe that the woman in the car with him was meant to be his wife, probably, Um, and so just a great final Stan cameo um, that, you know, they de-aged Stan or, you know, put uh, some good makeup on there, and just, it's hard that we won't be able to talk about Stan anymore. It's been different uh, talking through WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier and not having that Stan cameo. We're not going to have one for Far From Home, when we talk about that next week, so it's it's weird, but and any thoughts on this brief on the, on the final stand cameo?
1: Uh, always great to see, you, and I'm grateful that uh, we had this was his last,
0: mm-hmm. for so. sure. Any anything else? Are we good to just move on to all the other callbacks and Easter eggs? Okay, so I'll just move on. All right, so I kind of separated it by, like, the movies and the characters. Um, So the Iron Man stuff, Pepper's rescue suit, that's the same color as the blue dress from the first Iron Man. Um, So that's really, really cool to have that. Um, Obviously, I am Iron Man. The scene with Happy and Morgan where, you know, she's like, I want cheeseburgers. And that's the first thing Tony ate when he came back from the cave in Iron Man. Um, you get Ty Simpkins coming back for a cameo at Tony's funeral as Harley Keener from Iron Man 3, um, and you would have the casual fan base asking who the hell is this kid, <laughs> um, so I remember seeing that, you get Rhodey the Iron Patriot armor, you also get the same music cue when Tony realizes that he's, when Strange holds up the one finger, and Tony sees it, and you get that music cue from the first Avengers where Um, when he's carrying the nuke up into space and you get that music cue of, like, Tony's about to sacrifice- make the sacrifice play, and so that was a cool music callback. Um, uh, and Nick Fury steps out of the back of the funeral, just, like, in the first Iron Man when he steps out of the background, um, and, yeah, Howard Stark, um, Captain America's the Stephen Bucky last interaction of, like, uh, you know, the don't, uh- uh, don't do anything stupid till I get back. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you from, uh, the first Captain America. Um, you get Cap using the bad language, and then he says, you gotta be shitting me, or let's go get this son of a bitch. Um, you get, uh, I can do this all day, and the funny- and then Steve being like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, uh, t- 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 Peggy Carter's office and The Last Dance, um, You get Red Skull, of course. Arnim Zola's in the background when Tony goes to see his dad and, like, taking the Tesseract. And in the background, you can see on one of the computers, you can see Arnim Zola's face. And Howard asks about where Arnim Zola is. Um, And uh, Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford, shows back up. Um... Yeah, um, Thor, the Thor movies, Thor's mom shows back up, we get stock footage of Natalie Portman, apparently that wasn't even new footage, that was stuff that was unused from the Dark World, um, Loki in the cell, um, obviously the Loki show set up, um, you get the Fortnite reference, um, new Master 69, um, uh, Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross shows up at the funeral, um, gamma radiation there's not much there from incredible hulk ant-man's we already said wasp says cap um hank pym we get to see a uh, aged michael douglas again and you see the original ant-man helmet in uh the background which was really really cool um you get the van jingle again um i like the scene where they're talking about the infinity stones and scott is like i have no clue what any of you are talking about because neither of the ant-man movies dealt with infinity stones So that's just a funny thing. Um, The Guardians movies, come and get your love. Iconic scene, um, of course. Uh, Rocket wears Quill's scarf. Nebula's gold plates from the Sovereign. Um, Howard the Duck shows up in the final battle. (laughs) Um, Interestingly enough. Um, Spider-Man movies, you get activate instant kill. You get Cap and Spider-Man interacting with the Brooklyn and Queens. Um... Uh you get the Peter and Tony actually have that hug. Um and then, you know, we have the reverse for Infinity War where Tony now dies right next or kind of in Peter's arms or right next to him. Um Peter and Ned reuniting. Um Black Panther, you get the E Bombay again, which is awesome. Like that's just um awesome. And then you have Clint give it to me. He remembered Clint's name. Um and, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, apparently Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, improvised the shaky hand when he held up the one finger, um, and so that just fits because Strange's hands still shake. Um, Captain Marvel, she has that reaction of Fury getting snapped, um, so I think, considering they didn't film Captain Marvel till after, that was cool that they already knew that they were gonna have that relationship be a thing, um the her music the Captain Marvel theme plays when she destroys the ship um, other quick notes uh, just kind of references Jim Starlin appears in the focus group uh, as well as Joe Russo Jim Starlin was the creator of Thanos um, in the com- for the comics and Joe Russo of course one of the di- directors and he is the first openly gay character in the MCU um, I believe Valkyrie is is going to be uh, but they just haven't you know, they haven't revealed that openly yet. Uh, also some community cameos. Ken Jeong as the security guard in the warehouse. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown in the elevator. And then you get uh, Edwin Jarvis as ja- uh, James Darcy as Edwin Jarvis from Agent Carter, which is the first, time, first and only time a Marvel, uh, like the ABC Marvel TV shows that weren't made in Marvel Studios first time that crosses over. Um, and then the only thing I have post-credits, you get the main on end, which is awesome credits, and you get the Iron Man hammer sound at the end, so that's everything I have.
1: Yeah, the fact that there's just so many says, like, that just speaks to how good they are, just, like, placing in these little things, you know, and, like, they arrange, it like, importance you know what i mean like some of them some of them were just like callbacks to previous lines some of them were like you know nice little loose ends tied up and it's just like they really pay attention to this stuff
0: absolutely um Chica, our... i got
3: one that you missed um, Ooh. that i caught uh loki as cat again yes um which was a reference to thor the dark Or. yep
0: Yeah, that was a great one. I'm sure I'm missing more. Um, Oh, when Iron Man says uh, Thor hit me, that was from the first Avengers, like when he found out Thor could supercharge his suit.
3: Okay, those like flawless team moves that the three of them pulled off when fighting Thanos were really freaking cool. Uh, especially then when Catholic gets the hammer and shield, and he throws the shield and then, uh,
0: vibration, the
3: hammer and, uh, like the, the shockwave sent out, that stuff's really cool. And it just shows the level of training that they did, uh, that we just didn't see.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get to our rankings now. Um, so Villain rankings, we're gonna rank Thanos again, but we're gonna keep Infinity War and Endgame separate because I think they're two different versions and two different motivations and goals. So currently, as the stand as the standings are right now, number one, Thanos in Infinity War with the perfect six. Number two, Hella, 5.97, then we've got Killmonger at a 5.75, then Vulture at a 5.63, then Ultron at a 5.3. Then we've got Ego at a 5.18. Then we've got Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford, 5.15. Then Red Skull, 4.75. Then Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp at a 4.74 right behind there. Then we've got Loki combined from Thor and Avengers, 4.72. Uh, then Agatha Harkness, it was Agatha Lawn from WandaVision, 4.67. Then we've got Obadiah Stain, Ironmonger, and his box of scraps, four point five. Number 13, we've got Kaecilius and Dormammu from Doctor Strange at a 4.43. Then Ronan the Accuser at a 4.35. Then Zemo, and we might add more uh, next week with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but Zemo in Civil War, 4.23. Then we've got Yellow Jacket from Ant-Man at 3.8. Aldrich Killian from Iron Man 3 at a 3.58. Abomination at a 3.5. Whiplash and his bird at 3.23. Jan Rog from Captain Marvel at a 2.95. Tyler Hayward from Wandavision at a 2.83. Sonny Birch from Ant Man and the Wasp at a 2.65. Malekith at a 1.87. And Justin Hammer at 1.83. A lot. <laughs> um oh, yeah. So my ranking for Thanos in Endgame, I give him a 5.85. Um So my thing is, like, he's still, you get this maliciousness from Thanos that he's just like, well, my original plan didn't work to wipe out half you and think the other half would thrive, so now I'm just gonna try to kill you all. Um, And, you know, Infinity War Thanos didn't exactly want to kill anybody unless it was necessary. Um, And here it's like he's just gonna try to murder everybody. And that's really what is his downfall is he, is he's too reckless, and he's not as calculating as he was in Infinity War. Every move that he made there was super calculated, um, you know, and so, so I have to mark him down a little bit for that. I think Endgame Thanos should be below, um, Hela as well, but Infinity War Thanos is still the top. It's just, you know, obviously this movie is more about the Avengers, Infinity War is about Thanos, so you know, but Josh Brolin still did good, did a good job as well, but in here as well. So, but five point eight five for me for Endgame Thanos.
1: I'll round it off to five point eight, just pretty much based on the same stuff you brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, it's the same Thanos. It's a great iteration of Thanos, but uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he's a little different in this movie, and not that that you know. It's not like that's a result of bad writing or anything. It's just like, right. this is a different
2: Thanos we're getting. A slightly different Thanos, that is. So,
0: Right. Josh?
2: I'm going to go with a... I almost said 6.8. 5.8. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Uh, JJ? Uh,
3: I guess I'm the odd one out. I'm going a little bit lower. I'm going with a 5.5. Um, and for me it's because Thanos' motivations were we felt messy in this movie Mm -hmm. Um, like in in, yes this is a different Thanos but he's motivated by the same thing by this cosmic quest for balance to tip the scales of everything to be balanced as all things should be Mm -hmm. and then for him to just like on a dime flip to well now i'm just going to destroy you all and i'll create a new universe and they'll like never know if that was an option all along then this quest for balance doesn't even make sense it's more like he's trying to save the universe but it doesn't matter the method that he does it so why was he doing that in the first place but like why kill everybody when clearly there are other solutions and this is a case where the comics really would have helped. And I have no problem with shows differing from their source material. I really don't. I think it's great when they do. But if you miss crucial pieces of information, th- like, Thanos is obsessed with death in the comics. Right. And that would explain he wants to kill half the universe. Um, that would explain why he goes, well, fine, I'm just going to kill you all then. Like, I, I don't know. That, plus, you guys made really good points. I never thought of it that way. Like his recklessness now is his downfall. And, yeah, so I'm going to rate him a little bit lower. Not too low, because he's still a really imposing force.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, still get to show up more of Thanos' fighting skills that we saw in the beginning of Infinity War without the stones. But 5.74 is where he lands. He is right under Killmonger. Um, so Endgame Thanos is number four um, under Killmonger, Hela, and Thanos in Infinity War. So Who
3: is he right
0: above? Uh, he's right above Vulture. Okay, that seems fair. Yeah, and so we'll see where Mysterio ranks next week, and also Josh Gabe and I will probably put uh, US agent John Walker on here, and maybe Carly Morgenthau, and maybe we'll give Zemo another ranking and kind of just combine those averages and see if Zemo goes a little bit higher. Um, We'll see after the finale, but... All right, Um, then we've got our movies. Um, So as it stands right now, number one, Black Panther, 5.93... Number two, Avengers Infinity War, 5.86. Then we've got Captain America The Winter Soldier at a 5.66. Then Avengers, 5.53. And then rounding up the top five, WandaVision at a 5.5. Then we've got Thor Ragnarok at a 5.4. Then Captain America Civil War at a 5.38. Captain America The First Avenger. Uh, all the Cap movies are pretty close together. 5.23 for the first uh, Captain America The First Avenger. Vendor's Age of Ultron, 5.07. Iron Man rounding out the top 10 is a 4.87. Close behind there at number 11, Doctor Strange at a 4.85. Then we've got Spider-Man Homecoming at number 12 at a 4.7. Then Guardians of the Galaxy at a 4.69. And then right behind, because we actually had a tie uh, with Homecoming, so we had to move it down, and we decided. Ant-Man and the Wasp is at number 14 at a 4.68. Then Guardians of the galaxy volume two at a 4.5 then we got iron man 3 at a 4.08 then ant-man at a 3.97 then thor at a 3.83 captain marvel at number 19 with a 3.7 jj and i both agreed on a 3.7 for uh same ranking for the first time then incredible hulk at a 3.6 iron man 2 at a 3.17 and thor the dark world is still in last place at a 2.97 So, Endgame, okay, so my thought is I think Endgame, Infinity War, and Black Panther should be the top three MCU projects right now, um, I can maybe see, like, some of the criticisms for sure, um, it's hard because this movie is built on everything that came before, um, this is the culmination of everything, the payoff, um, for me, this nostalgia there is just so huge, um great theater experience with you guys getting in nerd out with josh afterwards and uh and going with the two of you guys to the theater um for my birthday and just um re-watching it last night i mean some of those scenes kind of had me clo- uh, close to tearing up a little bit just you know chadwick coming through the portal and just incredible um I understand the criticisms with it. Um, I do think black Panther as a film is probably better structured, so I'd be fine. And because like it's, you know, black Panther goes beyond just being a comic book superhero movie. Um, so I'd understand if that ends up staying number one, um, because it, it goes beyond that, um, even more so for how much it means to, uh, you know, the black community and just people, um, in general so um but i'm giving this a six i still think it's amazing um just for how much they paid off and how great like the overall story they were trying to tell and how they ended captain america and iron man's story arcs in the mcu so six for me
1: that is a great assessment for me i'm going to give it a soft six as well because Uh, While there's plenty of valid criticisms that we all kind of threw around in this, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just so happy with the final product. I know that's kind of like a goofy rationale to be like, well, you know, it's fun as it is, but Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like. I, I frankly just like I am so damn pleased with like just how it turned out mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really pleased with like the things it did accomplish. yeah it it did have some shortcomings what movie doesn't but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty comfortable giving it a six honestly
2: so
0: yeah Josh
2: I agree with Gabe giving it a six
0: All right JJ it's your verdict. Uh, yeah, I
3: I don't feel that I can, in good conscience, ding Infinity War for things that I did, and not also ding Endgame for similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with I think a 5.7 seems pretty fair, pretty high up there. And with you all giving it a six, it's still gonna rank really, really high. Um, but like uh, one thing, like Thanos's motivations kind of ring true for the whole movie for me. Uh, That felt like such a disconnect in my opinion from uh, Infinity War and what came before it. Also um, while they did a much much better job of not letting comedy interfere with the dramatic moments in this movie than they did in Infinity War, uh, still there were some points where like with Thor like where I just I couldn't stand it. Um, And then the last thing is the Infinity Stones seemed little wonky with the way that they got used a few times mm-hmm. like pow- like i mentioned with power levels in infinity war like the infinity stones like uh, sometimes certain characters could handle them and sometimes those same characters couldn't and like where those lines make sense also what was the whole point of in guardians where one mortal being couldn't hold them and that just got thrown
0: out the window so but, that's fair
3: a um, few things nothing too major Great movie, lots of fun. Uh still gonna be pretty high ranking overall. I just don't feel comfortable giving
0: it a full six. Yeah, so interesting thing here. We have a tie right now between Black Panther and Endgame for number one. We need to break this tie. So what do you guys think is better? Black Panther or Endgame? Um Endgame. Alright, Gabe. I'm sorry, what? So we have a tie between Black Panther and Endgame for the number one movie ranking at a five point nine three, and we need to break it. Which do you? Which would you put above the other? Uh,
1: um, shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: they're just okay. We we all know why each one is good, right? Right. Obviously,
1: Black Panther and all its accomplishments. Is like really good as like a solo film, but absolutely you have Endgame, which is like representative of like the whole ass MCU. And I'm just, I don't know. I feel like I'm inclined to put Endgame first. I don't. That's just how I feel. I guess if it's if it's truly this culmination of everything we've seen thus far, and it you know it, it gives homage to all these characters, then that's just how I feel. I guess. Yeah. I feel like, in a regard, Black Panther should be number one, just, like, maybe for solo movies.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I mean, that, that is, that would be how it would be anyways, it is the highest-ranked solo movie, or solo project in the MCU. JJ, do you feel good, do, do you feel good about, you know, I, I'm leaning towards putting Endgame above, but I do agree with the points that we've made about Black Panther being a better, you know, so standalone, but... What what points do you have for, you know, what would you put higher? Okay, so if I get outvoted, that's
3: totally fine. I mean, that's why we have multiple people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Black Panther above Endgame. I feel that it's a better um, overall film product than Endgame is, even if I enjoy Endgame more and would watch Endgame over and over again more times than I would Black Panther.
0: Okay, um... I'm gonna have to put Endgame slightly above Black Panther, and it's just because of all that payoff that they gave, but I think that I don't want to discredit for Black Panther for what it did, like, amazingly. I think it did such... Black Panther did such amazing things, and I still love that movie, and, you know, obviously we've talked about the moments with Chadwick, um, and we talked about his legacy with Griffin in that episode, um, You know, it's just hard because Endgame paid off so much, so I'm going to put that above. So I believe we'll give Endgame a 5.94, and Black Panther will be right below it, Um, which is fine. And I think it's great to have them um, right near each other. Um, So Can, Can
3: you just give me the top five again?
0: Uh, Endgame at number 1, Black Panther at number 2, Infinity War number 3, Captain America: The Winter Soldier at number 4 and Avengers at uh fu- number 5. Okay. So, um three Avengers movies in the top 5, which isn't really a surprise, but um but yeah, no I mean I think I think this is good and I don't think this top 5 is going to crack at least not i mean we'll see we're adding two we're gonna add the last two projects to get caught up with far from home and and falcon and winter soldier next week but um yeah so next week spider-man far from home jj and i'll at least do that and josh gabe and i'll finish falcon and winter soldier and add uh that to our villain and, and mcu project rankings and we'll be all caught up which is it's crazy. Um, I, I will thank you guys probably next week when we're all caught up, and obviously we're going to be taking a break after that between then and you know Loki and Black Widow. But how have you guys thought of our journey so far that we've made it through Endgame?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been a ride. Uh, the Marvel Watch's been a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and thinking about it through. Not only this lens of like what I personally enjoy about movies, but also evaluating the movies on their cinematic value.
4: Mm-hmm. Not,
3: not something I typically do with movies, unless like usually I don't think about how good of a movie it is until something's not good. Um, so to look at it through this is, is really interesting, and it makes it's made me think about movies in general differently.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Gabe had to go, but Josh, you, your thoughts, I know we'll talk uh, more when we're caught up last week about, you know, what this has meant, but now that we're through end game, what, what do you think?
2: Bro, Marvel's annoying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I enjoy going through all of these, like especially being able to watch WandaVision and now Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm excited for Loki jumping on for Infinity War and Endgame was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of, like, Marvel has just been really on top of their game for a while. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think the last truly bad movie they put out was Thor 2.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And, like, that was about it. Since then, they've been rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. Every single movie they've had, it's been, like, a hit. People have loved it and it's just culminating success and it's very interesting because like as i'll like say it was kind of i mentioned this on the falcon and winter soldier podcast mm. there was a point where they were on a press tour for um civil war and mm. this guy goes so kevin when are we gonna get our like buddy road trip story with falcon and winter soldier and kevin just shoots his head up like that's a good idea. <laughs> now we have this show. So it's like, hmm. But yeah, it's like they are truly trying to write stories that they think people want joy. And at first, I was like, man, there's no way that I can enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier as much as I did WandaVision. Right. Or before WandaVision came out. There's no way I'm going to enjoy WandaVision more than I did some of these other projects. Right. And like, I'm glad to say. I've been, like, proven wrong twice. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. A little bit for Loki, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm iffy on it. And I hope to be proved wrong again because I love (laughs) when I'm proved to be wrong. I love that discussion that shows and movies open up. I love seeing them. I love the art. I love storytelling. I obviously love comics. So when you bring all of that together... It really just, I, whoa, I love everything about it. Everything about it. And I'm so, so, so happy that Marvel has turned into what it is. And I'm very happy to have joined in on this podcast for Marvel. I, like, I talked about Marvel a lot, but I'm usually, I wouldn't say a DC guy, Mm -hmm. but I would say a Batman guy. Right. I talked, I used to talk about Batman
0: more than marvel mm-hmm. but since i have met jacob Baruki,
2: <laughs> i have talked about marvel more than i have talked about batman in the past three years which if you ask anybody who knows me in my family or from high school that seemed impossible before i came to adrian college so i mean none of this could have been a thing if it wasn't for Baruki. And he's killing it, and I've loved to be a part of this. I can't wait for it to continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like I actually, I'm like, dude, like we're about to have a break, and I'm like, man, like I'm gonna have to fill in some time now. I've <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed getting to sign on and talk to Baruki and talk to JJ on occasion because I think we've only been in the same call twice, but it's been great <laughs> talks both talk to Gabe, it's been an honor, I love it, I want to keep it going, I love this.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it, man, I appreciate both you guys coming on, Will, of course, Gabe, and I, you know, hopefully we'll get to talk to Will more when he gets back, um, of course, and, you know, talking to Griffin and Harrison and Kearney, like, they've all been great guests as well, Um, so... Yeah, it's crazy that we've made it this far and maybe that's part of why I teared up a little bit last night knowing that we've made it through this journey together and, you know, um, it's been amazing, so thank you guys. And I'll say it again next week when we, uh, right before we go on our uh, month-long break before Loki, but yeah, no, it's... I'm excited to continue, um, or to finish this and then continue when, you know, when we do that, so... All right, we'll see you guys next week for finale of Falcon Winter Soldier and Spider-Man Far From Home on Tribe of Nerds.